You're listening to the Nerd Dad Podcast. Oh, Dad, you're embarrassing me again. Did I do that? Hey, thanks for stopping by for a short 5, 10, 15 minute visit. I appreciate you. Would you believe it? We made it to episode 25. 25. This feels like uh, one of those occasion things. So I, I, I want to say thank you right off the top. Um, you know, if if the if the listeners weren't there, I would have probably stopped and given up on this a while ago. But you continue to tune in and I, uh, I greatly appreciate it. Just some fun facts. We're up over 1200 downloads of this crazy little thing. Um, the numbers grow every month. And I am I'm vigilant when I track those statistics. Um, so again, thank you. Thank you so much. We've made it to episode 25. I'm also going to call this the one year COVID anniversary special because um, about a year ago at this time, I believe uh, there was all hell breaking loose at my work and um, we were panicking to figure out how to get everyone to be able to work from home. I believe my first actual week working from home was next week. So I'm calling this the one one year anniversary special of COVID because this is when we knew um, the world was about to change. And I can remember leaving the office saying to people, ah, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we just got to get through this. Once we get through this, we'll, uh, we'll be in touch. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Little did I know, <laughs> little did we all know. The whole world was about to lose its fucking mind over this thing. Um, just just a crazy, crazy, unimaginable year. And I'm not going to say unprecedented because we do have precedent. It was 1918. I mean, there's lots of precedent, actually, for us dealing with something short of a plague. Um, the, 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 COVID, the COVID year has been not too bad for me. And I know that's probably a bit of a horrible thing to say, but that's just my experience. Um, I mean, 500,000 deaths in the U.S., millions worldwide lost to this thing. And um, a lot of it, a lot of it preventable. Some of the early on deaths, that's unavoidable. That's, that's the human race catching up. But the, uh, the ones that happened after that, those were, those were avoidable. It's tough. It's tough because I have, I have done everything, seemingly done everything right to keep myself and my family, my family safe. We've taken every precaution. I use rubber gloves still when I go to the gas station. I haven't been in a grocery store since March. Our food to this day gets quarantined or washed in our garage. Um, I spray down my Amazon packages before I touch them. Uh, I have done everything I could possibly do to keep my family, my family safe. And so far, so good to that end. Had there been sacrifices made? Absolutely. But... If somebody had gotten sick or worse and there was some sort of action I knew I could have taken to avoid it and I didn't because I didn't take it seriously, I don't think I'd ever forgive myself. So those sacrifices were made. So be it. 
the uh, there certainly appears to be some light at the end of the tunnel now, and and we're gonna get there together, and we'll we'll all be together again. Um, I mean, I won't be there because I really, really don't like crowds or people. Um, but you'll you'll be there, and that will make you happy. And I'll read about it on Facebook or Instagram. No, my year has been good. I mean, I, I, I've talked about this a little bit, but I do suffer from extreme social anxiety. Um, it is it is hard for me at times, and it's going to be incredibly hard for me when things open up. I am I am genuinely worried about my physiolog- physiological response to going back out in public again because I've gotten so comfortable being in my little bubble. And before that, I was forcing myself to practice being out in public and um, and and getting comfortable in situations and scenarios and speaking up and asking for things and things that a lot of people may take for granted. I, I panic over and uh, can lead to can be quite detrimental to my health. Um, so I have, in a lot of sense, uh, thrived during COVID. Working from home has turned out to be something I am quite good at. Um, I, I quite enjoy my routine in my office and at home. I have been very fortunate enough that my company has allowed me to do that. Um, my downtime has led me to starting this podcast, starting a live show on YouTube, which is going very well as well, um, as well as well as a tough sentence. I shouldn't have said that. But the point is, I, I have thrived <laughs> being in this little environment. Um, I am now working with someone who I used to listen to on the radio in Dean Blundell. And I am greatly enjoying my time with him and uh, the exposure and the experience of working with him and his production crew and his, his business side of things has been, um, it's been great for me because I'm also learning. And I think that's what, you know, it's ultimately, it's a hobby. But that's that's what drives me. I am a bit of a workaholic by nature, if you can't tell. And um, having an extra side hustle that I am quite passionate about again has been has been terrific for me. All of it may change when things go back to, and I'm using air quotes here, normal. But but at the end of the day, I can. I can feel comfortable knowing that I took full advantage of this opportunity to not just binge watch TV. I have done some of it, but not just binge watch TV, but actually um, work on some personal growth and do some things I've wanted to do, but maybe felt I didn't have the time to do when I added two and a half hours of commute time round trip to my day. So. I hope you have made the most out of your time as well. I hope you've learned a hobby or a skill or or something. Um, but if all you did was watch TV and you're happy about that because you, you lessened the Netflix queue a little bit, that's fine. Take the wins as they come. It's been an exhausting year for almost everyone. And you got to take the wins where you can get them. So... All that being said, I hope you continue to be well. I hope you to continue to be safe. And I hope the same for your families. 
episode's a little bit different this week. So, um, I wanted to do something. I want, I wanted to, 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 to put it out there in the universe to see if there was any Q and a available to me. I haven't done an ask me anything segment in a while. It's the 25th episode. Felt like I should do something to kind of bring the, bring the fans in a little bit. And they responded. I got a, I got, I got three questions. Granted, I put this out less than 24 hours ago requesting for questions, but I got three and they're pretty good. So next up is the ask me anything segment followed by it's shit. You may have missed. Enjoy. All right. First question comes from at rhymes with fry previous guest on the show. He wants to know, how do you find time to do a podcast when you have little kids and a real job? Also daylight savings time. It throws my kids schedules off. How about you? Um, to answer the first question, how do I do a podcast when I have little kids and a real job? Um, I prioritize it. I do. I prioritize this. Um, not over my kids or my family, of course. Um, but all those little little moments of downtime, I prioritize it. It's also one of the reasons why I keep the podcast short. I can generally find a half hour a week to uh, to sit down and record one of these things. Uh, another you know, benefit of the the pandemic, if you will, for me has been um, all my recreational sports, baseball, hockey, all that stuff has been canceled. And that would have been two, three hours a week, I was away from the house. So, you know, justifying needing an extra half hour to myself, feels like a pretty reasonable trade off to sit down and do something like this. Um, I can always stop this if I need to. Uh, I can record it in segments and chunks. I typically don't, but I always can. So that's always an option to me. And look, I it's become a, a, a passionate hobby of mine. So how do I do it? I, I prioritize. I make time. And the whole time that I'm on Twitter interacting with you guys or, or on uh, Instagram or what have you, uh, I'm, I'm saving and sending myself articles to read and review and 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 formulate the next show. So it kind of helps keep my mind busy as well. There's a there's a lot of a lot of mental health benefits for me doing this. So I absolutely prioritize it. To the second question about daylight savings time, um, it threw off my younger one, my two year old, but my my five year old is very much um, like a schedule person. He's very regimented in his routine. He likes things to be a certain way. Um, you know, if you say, okay, it's 12 o'clock time for lunch, it's 12 o'clock, it's time for lunch. Same thing with him at bedtime. Okay, it's 7.30, it's time for bed. He just looks at the clock, sees 7.30 and goes, I must be tired. And and that's fine. So he actually has no problems with it. Of course, the two-year-old doesn't understand that. They just want to know why the hell I'm trying to put them to bed, what feels like an hour early. Um, so the two-year-old fought me for quite a bit longer than normal. But even that, we've been able to get them back into the routine pretty, pretty quickly. Um, and that's probably because my wife and I both like routine. So um, daylight savings time, I mean, it's a bit of a nightmare for nap time that first day and the bedtime for that first day. But outside of that, it's really not a problem in my house. I, I'm sorry that you are that you are suffering, though. My next question comes from at dog glovers at dog lovers probably makes more sense not dog glovers uh 
just de doy williamson uh all right he wants to know what's the last movie you saw in a theater and what upcoming movie looks so good that you'd actually go to a theater again <laughs> you you, you kind of stumped me with this one last movie i saw in theater i don't recall truly i don't i'm gonna i i'm gonna guess it was a marvel movie um but I, I have no no way of saying with any sort of certainty. A couple of years ago when the uh, the Raptors made it to the NBA Finals, I, uh, I, I had kind of made a, an informal deal with my wife many years ago that if the Raptors ever made it to the NBA Finals, I would buy a great big-ass TV for myself to, to enjoy properly because I'm such a diehard Raptor fan and the cost of playoff tickets would be equal to or greater than the cost of a new TV. So when the Raptors made the finals in 2019, I bought a great big 65 inch TV, um, biggest one I could afford. (laughs) Um, and it's a monster in my, in our little living room. So I don't feel compelled to go to the movie theater that much. Uh, also, as I've mentioned many, many times on this show, I suffer from social anxiety, um, extreme social anxiety is the official diagnosis. So even that interaction can sometimes be a bit much for me. So, um, you know, I'm much more comfortable at home and I I should be challenging myself to get out there more, but I don't. That being said, is there a movie that's coming up that I'd actually go to? Um, Not right now. (laughs) I mean, maybe in 2022. I I think... uh, that's kind of realistically where I'm at with this. And that's the conversation that's been happening, happening around our house is 2022. That feels, that feels right. Um, We will hopefully get some sort of vaccine in the next seven to eight months. We will hopefully reach herd immunity within Canada. And then I, I think we need a couple of months of, settling in factor. Let's see if cases continue to spike. Let's see if this works as well as they say it is. Um, let's see if we get the results and and then we'll go. Again, my wife is considered high risk. So we have been super cautious this whole time. It's been coming up on a year now and I still haven't been in a grocery store. So uh, I will not be rushing back into it. I will definitely be a follower when it comes to getting out and uh, enjoying public spaces again. Thank you for the question though. And the final question comes from at May Sam adventure one. That's M A Y S A M A D V E N T U R one. And I, I I think I need to provide a bit of back (laughs) backstory and context on this. The, The question is what will be on your head next? Is there a theme? Um, for those of you who follow me on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Last week, I don't know why, I tweeted a photo of a bucket on my head. This has been a theme of mine throughout my life. I like to balance things on the top of my head. Well, I decided to make a video or take a picture of it and put it on Twitter. Um, It got more of a response than I was expecting. And I jokingly said, well, now I'm just going to do it every day. And then somebody tied it back to the conversation I had about not liking Nickelback and that song about pictures and what the hell is on Joey's head. And uh, now I do it every day. 
I take a picture with something obscure on the top of my head. Uh, what will be on my head next? Uh, I don't know. It tends to be kind of spur of the moment. I tend to look around the room. Um, and I do look for challenging things. So, yeah, I, I have that one photo with just painter's tape. That's more random. Um, but I've done a globe. I've done, um, like I said, a bucket. Uh, I did a water tumbler the other day. I'll continue to look for more and more obscure and heavier items. And this is bound to get dangerous. Um, and that's when it's going to get really fun. Uh, is there a theme? No, no theme, just laziness and, uh, doing stupid shit for your, for your amusement. It's like I'm back in elementary school trying to win over friends by doing stupid shit. Some things never change. Thanks for the question though. It's time for shit. You may have missed. Netflix is testing an account verification feature to crack down on password sharing. Users who hit the new login screen will need to enter a code sent to the account owner. Oh, no. I can't just WhatsApp everyone I know my new password. Zack Snyder has openly talked about how his Justice League movie ends with the potential for a direct tie-in to a sequel. However, there are no plans to actually make that sequel which will inevitably frustrate fans and call for demands from DC to make the movie. Then DC will hold out for a couple of years and then they will approve it to get a whole bunch of free marketing. This is amazing marketing. You want a sequel? You have to beg for it. And finally, in kind of random news, while DuckTales, the cartoon series is ending, the characters will live on in a new podcast, This Duckbird Life. Duckberg. Duckberg Life. I'm not doing another take because it's a DuckTales podcast. Anyways, I think that's kind of neat. They're going to do a DuckTales podcast with the characters. Um, I think this is an interesting way to get kids into podcasts and listening and, and using their imagination to fill in the gap. Um, I think I, I, I like this idea. I'm for this. I might even listen to it just to see what the experience is like and then turn my kid into it. Um, not into it, onto it. Just a brutal take, but I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. That's it. It's the show. Uh, I'm going to leave you on one last anecdote. Uh, I am exhausted today uh, because last night my uh, two-year-old woke up crying at 3 a.m. I go in. It's dark. Lights are off, obviously. He's standing up in his crib, and he's crying. And, uh, you know, what's wrong, buddy? What's wrong? And he's not really saying anything. He's just crying. So I think, okay, he's exhausted. I'm going to cuddle him. And I cuddle him, and uh, I lay him down, and he wakes up, and he starts crying. And we play this song and dance for, uh, I'm going to guess, 40 minutes or so. So now it's around 3.40. Finally get him to sleep. I go back to bed. Less than a half hour later, he's up again crying. Same thing. Now, he doesn't talk much, but he does say enough that um, if he was hungry, for example, he would have said Baba. Um, but he didn't. So I just assumed, okay, he's gassy. I don't I don't know. Who the hell knows? He's he's two and he doesn't talk. It's it's brutal. So I keep rocking him and bouncing him and I get him back to sleep and 
I think I end up back in my bed around 5.30. Now, I don't set an alarm because my kids are always up by 6, 6.15 at the latest. But I do have the passing thought, should I set my alarm? And I say, nah. So the next time I open my eyes, it's 7.15, which just so happens to be the time I'm kind of instructed to get my wife up because she has to be online and logged in by 7.30. So I open my eyes uh, and I'm, hun, hun, hun. <laughs> we slept in. You've got to get moving. I'm typically out the door with the, the kids to uh, daycare by 7.20. So that's obviously not happening. I go into the two-year-old's room, turn on the light, and I witness a horror movie. He must have picked his nose in the middle of the night and had bled all over the place. So now I'm running late. I am tired. I am a little cranky. And now I'm looking at what looks like a scene out of a care out of a Stephen King movie. Blood all over his face, just dried up now, too. Poor guy in the middle of the night was trying to tell me he had a nosebleed, but I didn't know. So anyways, <laughs> so I take 10 minutes of washing his face. And that's how I started my day. Parenting is fun. All right, that's it. Now, that's really it. Uh, I want to thank DeanBlundell.com for continuing to host me and uh, to, to teach me some things about this whole crazy recording world. Uh, I am want to thank Blue Microphones. We are proudly powered by Blue. Best stuff in the business. You can hear it in my voice. I don't sound this good in real life. Uh, check out my live show. It's getting better. Last week's live show was a, a, a real close version of what I have in mind. Um, you can check it out on YouTube. It airs afterwards. I don't really have a schedule yet for the live show because I do try to do it during my lunch breaks. And uh, those are those are sketchy at best. So follow me on Twitter and YouTube so you'll get notification that I'm going live if you actually want to see it live. If you're okay with watching it afterwards, check it out there as well. Both are saved kind of in my timeline or in YouTube within my channel. So follow and subscribe there and uh, leave a review, leave a comment, tell a friend, you know, all that stuff. 25 episodes in the can. <laughs> in the can perfect place to end. We'll talk next week. Thanks for listening. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.
The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.